now transmitting the Mint Condition Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 274 of the Men Dish Podcast right here on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, that's where we are and that's where you are right now. I'm Scott the Bot Savage along with... Sway Red! And... Harry Canyon, the cab driver. <laughs> so for those like <laughs> two people who got that reference that Joe just did, and if you... Well, read the title of the show. Today we're gonna do something a little, some a little fun. Today we're gonna do a retro review of a movie that, well, it's a movie. It was made, and uh, we watched it. Yeah. Uh, it is called Heavy Metal, uh, released in nineteen eighty one. Eighty one. Thank you. Uh, and based on the Heavy Metal magazine, which was, uh, God, I don't know when it started, but it was just like, I know at the time it was a big deal, because they made um, it. The American one, I think, started in 76, 77. It started in 1977. And, and Metal Erlant, which is the French one, which they reprinted in the American ones, uh, that started some years before that. Okay, so so it had so it definitely had some some time before the movie came out. Not a lot, but yes, yeah, yeah. it did have some. But I mean, more so elsewhere than in America. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this movie is an anthology movie uh, taking uh, inspiration from stories from Heavy Metal magazine. Uh, it was uh, directed by uh, Gerald Potterton. It's a Canadian I film. Huh? It's a Canadian film. Yeah. Should also bring up. Hence uh, all the SCTV guys that are voicing. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing about this. Like you would think they would get like more like serious voices to do this movie, but then like I'm re- I'm reading the credits, and I see like Eugene Levy, uh, John Flaherty, John uh, Candy, John Candy, or Joe Flaherty, excuse me, John Candy. Um, Trying to think who else Rick Mar- or Harold Ramis was in it. Roger Bumpus, future Roger Squidward. Bump- John the one voice that made total sense, but I recognized it way too easy was John Vernon. Yeah. Uh, who as so- some of you may know as the Dean from uh, Animal House. Also the villain in the highly underrated black exploitation uh, parody film I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Which everyone should watch that movie. If you've never seen it, you you need to watch that movie. That might be a movie we do a retro review in the future, because it's one of my favorites. But yeah, this uh, so it's an anthology movie, and and each segment is not directly an adaptation, but um, some of them are like just inspired. 
Like, I noticed there's a couple Mobius ones that are just inspired by the Mobius strip, which is yeah. um, the Harry Canyon one, which is based off a of Long Tomorrow, and then uh, the the one, I think it's the Tarna one, which is based off of Arzak. Yes, I do remember these names. Uh, it's because I read heavy metal magazines. Oh my god! And and I actually like a bunch of these strips, which is weird how they link them all together with the Lochnar. Like that's your link there to to every single one. And, and it, uh, I thought that was interesting. The but, Lochnar. Okay. So so let's get into the Lochnar because so <laughs> the movie starts. And you got this fucking astronaut driving around space in a fucking 50s vehicle. I don't know what kind of car you would you would say it is. A Chevy Bel Air. Chevy Bel Air, thank you. I don't I'm not a car man. So he's driving around in that. And like already you just know, okay, I can just throw away all expectations. I can throw it's... away all sense of logic and reality because we got a fucking astronaut driving a Bel Air. So he's driving so he's driving around space. He finally lands at his house, which is in this, like, deserted, abandoned, like, deserty, like, post-apocalypse area. It's like, it's like a, a nuclear bomb went off and his house was, like, the only house untouched. He brings it home. To the little and, girl. And his little girl's like, hey, like, what, like, what's that? And he's like, let me show you. And, like, you know, like, in most movies, like, you know, usually when someone, when a kid wants to see something and the dad's like, I'll show you. Like, they show it to him and they're like, Wow, that's so cool. No, in this one, he opens it up and fucking melts. <laughs> it just fucking melts. And the daughter is just looking on in heart. Like, I forget her I name. Think... From Hereditary. She make a more exaggerated fear face than this girl. Oh and God. she has it like 80% of the time. I think those sequences... Um dealt with Bernie Wrightson, because that house looks very Bernie Wrightson-like. And one thing I noticed here, but I really noticed it at the end, was a lot in, uh, not all of them used it, utilize it, but, like, this one utilized a lot of, like, live action stuff with animation. Rotoscoping. Rotoscoping, that's the word I was looking for. I was trying to think, as I was watching the movie, yeah, I was trying to think it's, what It's called. real early rotoscoping, the easy way to tell is if you're watching this animated movie and something doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff didn't look right, but that's, you know, that's just the nature of the beast here. But um, I thought that I thought the, the the opening was actually pretty good, pretty interesting. I mean, it was very simple, very, you know, just right to the point, you know, as space astronaut coming home, mm. bringing his daughter an evil green orb. This is the style. This is the yeah, style. I love the style, like with the music. That's one thing this movie definitely had going for it. Great music. And we'll get to it. Luckily, Wikipedia, uh, which breaks down like writer and actor and stuff like that, also gives you the uh, the, the actual songs. Points. Yes, yes. And it sets the tone. This whole this whole sequence sets the tone. It's going to be a very space adventure. It's going to have a little bit of campiness to it like you know like the opening with the car driving on the yeah. <clears throat> but also it's going to have some grotesque car yeah it's but, not going to hold back this is but, not 
Not for children. Yes. But there's one thing the intro doesn't prepare you for. Tits! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is definitely... Uh, Heavy Metal's very, uh, let's say, an adolescent boy magazine. Yeah. <clears throat> because... Ooh. Which is funny, because Joe reads Heavy Metal magazine. <laughs> now, Scott, I'm going to ask you, because you did watch this with your wife. Yes. Like, at some point, like... What is a female's perspective of the movie? Um, that is a good question because we didn't ask it. Um, let me ask my wife off camera. Hey, wife off camera. What? How did you feel about that? She don't have to answer now. I mean, she she uh she's just like tits. <clears throat> so no, no, like, still, so like, I guess she wasn't unfazed. Like, like, I figured like the movie was more predicated to more male demographic. Well, yeah. I will I will say this: we, me and her, did have a bet going to see who was going to be the first woman that didn't get naked and or have sex. Uh, the little girl. She beginning. doesn't count. That's that's pedophilia, Wade, and it doesn't matter what galaxy you're in and what magazine you're basing your movie I, off of. It's I, wrong and illegal. I'm just saying, if it, I'm just saying, like, technically, that's one person that does. And yeah. you know what? If it was Marty Janae's daughter, he would love it. Well, he would. Well, he'd have to get the test first. Oh, wait, oh we didn't record. That was off camera about the Marty Janetti controversy. Just Google well, on we're your. We're leaving it in. We're leaving it in. I'm just saying. Y'all don't know Marty Janetti tried to fuck his daughter. Yes. Allegedly. It's Allegedly. Facebook and Twitter. He also does not know how to spell things. So just look on your own time. But, you know, also this movie, we're going to talk spoilers because it's from 1981. I mean, yeah. sorry. Honestly, this is one of the, I'll say this. This is one of those movies where I think you need to know what is, exactly is in this movie before you watch it. If you're the kind of person that doesn't, if, if you're the kind of person that really doesn't mind surprises, fine. But I think a lot of people would be like, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there were people who were like, I would watch this, but I need to know what I'm getting myself into. The problem is they won't believe us. Who we, dude, we might start a resurgence of popularity in this movie. We don't know. We don't, don't quite so. know what we're dealing with here. Um, but the in opening leads us to the um Is it the Harry Canyon one? Harry Canyon story. Harry Canyon. So yeah, this is a this is a noir kind of story, um, and it's based around this the girl. I guess we're supposed to believe that the girl um, wait, no, 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 she doesn't. That's not her. For no, a second, I thought no. it was the girl that grew up. What's the what's the thing called the Lochnar? Yeah, the Lochnar. It, it's showing her these stories. Yeah. Yes. So this archaeologist guy finds the Lochnar, and um, fucking dies. Yeah. He only tells his daughter, but the this mob group comes in and like kills him for it because they want to take it and harness its power or whatever. I don't know. But uh, Harry Canyon just kind of ends up 
saving the girl uh, when she runs out of the museum. Yeah, he almost doesn't want to. Yeah. Well, again, he almost doesn't want to. Well, hold on, hold on. This this sounds like the plot of Fifth Element. It is. (laughs) And uh, you know, he he ends up saving the girl, but it it establishes this very hard boiled like kind of universe for this story. Like somebody tries to rob him earlier and he like vaporizes him. Yeah. With, with this pedal that he has in his cab, which all New York cabs should have. Yeah, I know. Right. And so he saves this girl against his, uh, better judgment. Cause that's exactly every noir setup is that they help this girl that they shouldn't help. And, um, basically, he saves her from these mob guys and now is involved in this weird mob deal. And, uh, you know, eventually, like, he has sex with the girl, as we've alluded to. Um, and then she's gone, and then that's when people want to get involved. Like, when he goes to the police station beforehand... And they're like, it's $1,000 to start, and it's $1,000 a day for the investigation. <laughs> and the guy's like, here's a dollar. Keep the change, or whatever. Like, yeah. It, and then the police get involved later, obviously, when, when the mob guys are looking for her. So, it, it, it all ends with uh, setting up a deal with the mafia guy. Rutnick. Yeah, to give him the Loch Nar, and him and the girl are going to run away with the $300,000. And then she turns on him, you know... So I'm keeping the money, Paul. Yeah. We should also mention that Rudnick, when he gets the Loch Nar, he opens it up, and he melts. <laughs> he fucking dies. He was already, his face was already melting. Yeah, up. yeah, he was already <laughs> melty enough. Yeah. But he melts, like, for reals. Uh, and then she tries to pull the double cross on him, and he hits her with the uh, the vaporizer, and he keeps the money for himself. It's like it's only a two-day ride and a one hell of a trip. <laughs> yeah, one hell of a tip. Now, about the Harry Canyon thing. Now, one thing I will say about this, when it comes to the animation, the animation, I thought, flowed really well. But it was ugly as sin. It that's made me think of much, Dr. Katz. That, that sums up most of the movie to me. And that's, see, I disagree. I disagree. Because in the next one, I feel it's reverse. I think the, the flow is shit, but the animation looked... But the drawings look good. I this, see, yeah. Harry uh, Canyon. This was ugly. Ha- fucking Harry Canyon, or as he calls himself in the movie... Harry Canyon, drive cab. Um, yeah. he looked like one of the grossest motherfuckers you ever saw in your life. Like Bruce Willis, like in a realistic sense. And then the pink guy, what was his name? Redneck. Yeah, he looked like he Each just looked like a big melty pink. You know what he looked like? You know that one Warren album cover with the big fat rich guy on it? Yeah. He looked like if that guy was bald and melted. Yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, this. This one had, 
Yeah, the animation is very different on this one compared to others, but they all have different kind of styles. This yeah, one's remember the show ugly. Remember the show Doctor Cats? Who doesn't remember Doctor Cats? The animation makes me think of that. The animation makes me think of that a little bit, or home video um, home movies. The, this, and and it's so like that's why I wanted to mention that this isn't a a direct adaptation of a Mobius strip. Nor is the animation anywhere close. Like, they try to ape his style and fail miserably. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, the, it, you know what this, it looks like, um, did you guys ever see Fire and Ice? I have, I have no. expressed interest in Fire and Ice, but I have not seen it. Um, this animation to me, it's like, the characters are, uglier a little bit but in this reminds me of, this whole movie kind of reminds me of fire and ice um only uh this movie is much more interesting <laughs> yeah um, what fire and ice all one story it's also all one one boring ass story yep see that's why this one works because you know because you have a bunch of different uh, you have a bunch of different stories, whereas with that one, you got one story. So if you are if you don't like that story, you're fucked. But at least uh, you have a the chance. animation's kind of around the same level. I will say um, it was directed by... That segment was directed by Pino Van Lamsward. I just wanted to say the name. I could okay. tell. Yeah. So that um, moves on to segment which oh by the way the lock is yeah, basically the, bragging he's just bra- the, the stories yeah. he's telling are like brag stories yeah yeah we should point out that the lock is just um evil incarnate he's a yeah. dick he's green uh, that's how you know he's evil he's like he's like the one ring to roll. he like corrupts everybody he's around but uh right. and then that yeah so so he gets the the transition is the Lochnar gets left where Rudnick was and it gets buried and it eventually shows up in a in the front yard of some kid. You guys can take it from there. Then Yes. So basically the story of this one is a kid he he finds what he calls a green meteorite in the ground. He takes it home. A thunderstorm happens. I guess light... It's hard to tell by the animation, but I guess lightning strikes the meteorite? The green... The, the Lachnar? Yeah, and... it powers it up. It, 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 that's the one, like, clue you get uh, that it gets powered up by lightning. So he gets transformed into this big, muscular, beefy dude and transported to some far-off place. Wait, hold on. Uh, hold on. Where... Hold on. So it's buried, and the little kid finds it in his front yard. Yes. Mm-hmm. In a futuristic city, it goes to a suburban home. Wait, this was made by stoners. For stoners. <laughs> by stoners, <laughs> for stoners under under the influence of the of the uh, chosen. Um, so. Method of inhalation. I, I would like oh. to point out that, um, as far as I can tell, like none of these stories are actually connected, but this is how the movie chooses to connect them. <laughs> so, 
So he finds him. And oh, oh, by the way, this big beefy dude, this big muscular, heroic looking dude, who's he voiced by? John Candy. Well, I hear John him say. Well, here's the thing. So Den is an actual comic, not just in heavy metal, but Richard Corbin eventually uh, self-publishes this in the 80s. Um, so it's this kid, Dan, who, like, body swaps with that muscular dude, and they call him Den in the, in the, other, in the other realm. Wow, what but, a stretch. Yeah, so... So get this, man. This kid, Dan, get this. He swaps with a muscular alien guy named Dan. According, Dan well, I, I, think, Dan. I, think, I think he says his name's he wants to say his name's Dan, but like they don't understand him or something. Apparently, according to the research here, the kid's name is David Ellis Norman, but his initials spell Den. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, still fucking I, thought, I thought it was Dan. Sorry. But also, John Candy, he does the voice of Dan, so he says uh, he doesn't want his dork hanging out. Yeah. Which, which is, is the greatest, which the is the greatest line kid. John Candy ever uttered. Yes. It's, it's the mind of this, like, preteen kid, like, in this muscular, you know, dude's body. Yeah. So he doesn't want his dork hanging out. So, so basically, he, 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 he covers his dork. And he sees there's this sacrifice going on with this lady, this naked lady. Spoiler alert, she's naked. And he decides, no, fuck this, man. I, I got to go save her. So he, right, he jumps in. Her. By the way, I've never seen anyone save someone in the water like this where he jumps in. He grabs her. He has – she's laying with her back. They're laying, she's laying back to back, but her legs are wrapped around, like, his neck. And he's just swimming. Like – I've never seen that before. And the whole time I'm thinking, because he's like, oh, it's like I can, he's basically like, oh, it's like I can breathe underwater. I'm like, oh, she can, because you're taking for fucking ever. He did mention that too. No, he, no, like, he did, like, right after I said it. It was almost like the movie knew I was going to ask that question. And, of course, he saves her, and then she tries to, she offers him sex. And, of course, uh, he, he says yes. And uh, before he could do that, so oh, dude. wow. <laughs> and then these dudes show up and like, yo, man, we gotta, we gotta bust in the Queen's Palace, man. We gotta steal, gotta steal that Lochnard Kush. And so he's like, he's like, I guess, whatever, because he's trying to, he's trying and, to get yeah. Away. He's trying and to. And then you meet, him. and then you meet Ard, the great Ard. He's, he gets shot, but he's like uh, immortal, I guess. Yeah. He regenerates, and he's just so, like, so very Caligula a little bit. Just very, uh, you know. Yeah, and he's, uh, like, and he's all like, mm, excuse me. He's all like, yo, you got to get me that Lochnar, and if you do, I, I won't kill your girl, but if you don't, I'm a killer. And he's like, eh, okay. So they go. They, Here's Narl, or whatever his name is. Yeah, so they break it, so they go into the Queen's Palace, so he gets caught, right? And, and he gets caught in, like, probably the best way. I'm sure Penthouse Forum has a, has a story of getting caught like this. So he goes into this dark room, he, someone turns the light on, and he's just got two handfuls of boob. Oh, yeah. It's handfuls of boob. And so, like... At first, the queen's all like, you know, like, oh, we gotta, ki- we're gonna kill him. But then she decides, no, we're not gonna kill him. I'm gonna have sex with him. Yeah. They have sex. 
for unknown reasons. Then while they're having sex, everyone twice. else. Is- so that means he had sex twice in one day. Yeah, remember he uh, he's like twice. Wow. <laughs> um. So she gets all mad because she's like, "Oh, you having sex with me was a distraction, so your your friends could steal the thing." And I'm just like, "Bitch, it was your idea. Y'all were gonna kill him, and then you're just like, no, I want his I want his dork." I guess it was hanging out. And 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 so she so he t- they take the fucking Lochnar back. And turns out the dude lied and was gonna kill the she. He was gonna sacrifice the girl for him, not you know, not save the, or whatever. He wants the power of Ultec, whatever the fuck that is. It's the waves, man. <laughs> also um, worth mentioning, like the background is like a lava lamp. Yeah, yeah love the super yeah, that backgrounds. The, that was one thing I, I, I else I, I wanted to mention as well. So, like, like I said, this one, I thought the animation, like, the drawings looked better, but I thought the flow was kind of shit. But the backgrounds, it was it was weird, because on one hand, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy. But then, like, when you put yourself in that mindset, you got to think, like, dude, this was probably, like, some revolutionary shit right here. You know? Like, it made me think of the, uh, the, the Paranoid video for Black Sabbath, where it's just, like, them yeah. performing, and there's, like, a screen behind yeah. all the stuff going on. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, he uh, he defeats the bad guys, gets the girl, and Yippee Yeah. The twice story in one day. Yeah, twice in one day. The because I know the Den stories, like there's a whole bunch of them. So I guess that was their illusion that there was gonna be more Den stories. Uh, with him flying off, being like, no, I ain't gonna go back home. This is much better. Also worth noting that, like, these, on the film, the writers are also the ones for the comic. Like, Richard Corbin. Yeah, this is Richard Corbin. Yeah, and the next one, uh, Captain Stern, was written by Bernie Wrightson, who wrote the Captain Stern comic. Yep. So. Broke through it. Yeah. Yeah. And Bernie Wrightson, you know, he did Swamp Thing, so. There you go. Yeah, like all the cartoonists, um, like in heavy metal, they're generally like top flight cartoonists, whether or not you see them in American comics or not. Like it's just you know really great artists uh, being allowed to tell whatever story they want with no filter, as you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> if you're like a forty year old pent up cartoonist. You're going to draw chicks with big boobs sleeping with dudes. Unfortunately, this next story to me was one of those cases where I'm like, I kind of wish no one wanted to tell this one. It was, as you said, it was, uh, it was Captain Stern. I didn't like this one. This really? one so unnecessary and kind of like, I, I don't know. It just, this one didn't do it for me. You didn't like Hanover Fist? <laughs> Played by. I did. I did like the name. I did like the use of uh, John Vernon as the uh, as the prosecutor. Also, was, uh, Eugene Levy as Captain Stern. It, it just I. So basically, he's on trial for all matter of crime. He has this guy, uh, the aforementioned Hanover Fist, who's there to testify, and there's it's as he keeps saying, telling his lawyer. He's got an angle. He's got an angle. And so as Hanover Fist is testifying, 
He's slowly, he's like, he's he's got the fucking Lochnar, which at this point, it's like the size of like a little marble. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But, so he's like, he's like, he's like flicking it around. And it's like, as he's doing it, he's like, he's like sporadically like going crazy. And like, he's supposed to be like trying to say nice things to get him, uh, to get Captain Stern off the hook. But then he keeps like blurting out all this like incriminating shit. And, and like, after a while, he basically turns into the Hulk. Yeah. For some reason. Stern. And then he like he chase. So then he starts chasing Captain Stern around the 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 courthouse or whatever. And like that's basically all it is. It's like it's like it's like they call him up to those to the stand. He testifies. He blurts out shit. He hulks up. He chases Stern. And then it turns out that was the angle. And then he fucking dies. Oh, then his hand starts crashing onto Earth, I guess. Apparently there was a a segment in between Captain Stern and B-17, which was the Neverwhere Land, but it was cut. Yeah, that that probably would have been Den, another Den segment. Yeah, they they got cut. I think it's in the deleted scenes, actually, on the Blu-ray, I think. I'll have to check the, the rough cut. Yeah. Yeah, it's the rough cut. That's what it is. Yeah, apparently that got cut for time, but in the in the actual theatrical cut, um, it lands on Earth uh, because we're in World War Two now. Yeah. Now this one. Now this one. While it didn't have a whole lot to do with really anything, this one I enjoyed. I'm surprised. This felt. This felt yeah, I'm surprised too. This felt like. The most different of all of them. Yeah, this this one felt like way like um out of place. No, yeah. it's more of a pessimistic one than than the stern one. In my opinion, I just really I just really liked the way it was drawn. I liked the I thought it was animated well. I liked the visuals of like the zombie, um, of the zombie soldiers and everything like. I just really enjoyed it. I thought the visual was really good. I don't know what the fuck story they were trying to tell or what message they were trying to get across, but I thought it looked cool. Yeah. I mean, that's all I can really say. I thought it was really uh, good. Basically, uh, pilots in World War Two, some of the Lochnar gets there, and all the dead ones uh, alive. alive and take down this plane. That's about it. Well, it's and, like and it the, out, plane, it, the plane gets taken down in a spot where a whole bunch of other planes have been taken yeah. down. And, the, you know, the last person alive is the pilot, and he gets surrounded by zombies. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just kind of, like, I think it's one of those statements of, you know, war has no winners. I, that's what I would think. Because that's that's first thing that I could think of is that it's it's somewhat of an anti-war statement. Yeah. Oh, but it, it's, it's a really cool it's a really cool like idea uh, where like first off you take the brutality of being a pilot during World War Two, and then you have the the two survivors as the pilot and co-pilot. Co-pilot goes and checks on everybody and sees the rest of the crew is dead. Then the Lochnar resurrects everybody. 
you know, just because, fuck it, like, I want to fuck with these dudes. Oh, dude, the best one, the best one is, like, the dude with his guts hanging out, and he yeah. falls over, and just shit just splatters. Yeah. I loved it. I thought that, I thought that one was great. But, yeah. yeah. No chicks, no big boobs, no sex. Yeah. The zombies. No chicks, no boobs, no sex. That Now I know why Wade didn't like it. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say I didn't like it. I thought it was very out of place. Like, animation-wise, it felt more horror. Everything else has been very sci-fi yeah. or either goofy or serious. This one was yeah. very dark. I, I, I thought that it was actually a good fit, like almost like a palate cleanser of sorts. I felt like, I felt like it would be great if they had, like, a, instead of Heavy Metal Magazine, they did EC Comics. Well, I think some of felt. the guys... I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys were huge EC Comics fans. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I don't know if any of the EC Comics guys ever really got to work on Heavy Metal uh, because of the time difference, but um, they're certainly inspired by them. Uh, the next one is probably my favorite one. It's, it's my favorite by far. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's called So Beautiful and So Dangerous. Uh, and it has... Um, the Pentagon, and then basically this girl Gloria, whose locket is Lochnar. It's the loosest uh, like tie to Lochnar in all of the tales. Yeah, yeah like, they're just like we want this shit on her boobs, but like we can't figure out how to. It's a fucking. It's a pin. It also does nothing in the story at all. So, yeah. like, like Lochnar is like telling these stories of grave evil he's done. This one's like, why even tell this tale? It's, it's, he's it's, like. He's like, I was actually just kind of here for this one. Yeah. I didn't even have to do anything. Yeah. But I, uh, love, I, I, the, I love the... The animation on this one, I think, is one of the best. Yes, uh, I agree. Where, with, with both what you were saying with flow and look, like I think this is the overall best segment. And then on top of it, just kind of the... It... The right tone. It's like space. Everything just works. But with like a, you know, with mature themes. And and I just love the look of the ship. Like, it's one of my favorite looking, like, spaceships I've ever seen. How it almost kind of smiley face. Yeah, the big smiley face. And one of the best... I was gonna say this is one of the one of the ones that I really thought like this could have been not a movie but this could have, could have been a TV show. And it taught this us about a TV show. And it, it taught us. Good. And it taught us about mixed relationships. Yes. And marriages like you might be Jewish or. Are, are you starting a to Jewish play? way? <laughs> also, robot sex. Yeah. Like, uh, the, like my favorite I part is like ladies. When he's, like, spinning his, like, you know, it's like, I'm used for pleasure. He spins his hand, and then flies it flies off. off. He's just like, what? No, yeah. my favorite is, like, after, is right after they have sex, and they cut to them in the bed, and she's laying there all satisfied and everything, and he's just laying there, like, perfectly straight, just looking It's like, wow, you want to go steady? <laughs> yeah, he's like, but I, I, I just love that, because she's all like, oh, and he's like, just nothing. Well, Fine, like, I'll marry you. Even before that, like, just when they suck up the, uh, the crazy scientist guy and her. Yeah. Scientist guy gets ripped up. And he's like, look, I gotta put this shit back together. 
and, and the other two, the pilot aliens, where they, like, get their weird cart that lays out like, their space cocaine. Yeah, uh, Edsel and Zeke, played by Eugene Levy and Harold Ramis. Yeah, perfect. Okay, Joe, I have to ask. When they started spraying the coke all around, did you immediately think of uh, uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie? Um, yeah, a little bit. Because as yeah. soon as they did that, I yeah. turned to Caitlin. I turned to Caitlin. I was like, "This is space coke, man! You never tasted anything like this before, man." Yeah. Also had. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say like it has those two aliens like later. When they're trying to fly the ship in, yes. and he's like, he's like, I know how to drive stone, man. That's one of the first things I learned. Yeah, he's just, he's just like, flips like, it. You know your bitch is gonna be fucked. You just gotta go, learn how to go with it. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you gotta know that you're, you're, you're messed up, but like, you gotta let your hands do it all. <laughs> and then crash. And he hits the top and like bounces all through this, this hangar. And, also, the guy, and then the guy ends with, nice landing, man. Uh, Dude, I thought they were gonna hit the wall, like the not even enter through the little hole. I thought they were gonna just hit the wall and die. Uh, the drug is called plutonium Nyborg. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they couldn't say space cocaine. Yeah. Um, I will say this also oh, had this also had like the best soundtrack. I thought like this segment, mostly because heavy metal by Sammy Hagar was playing. I mean, you had Cheap <laughs> Trick and Nazareth. You had you know. Grand Funk Railroad. See, I can't really say one had, for to me. I can't say one had better than the other because I just I. I mean, you look up the soundtrack; it's just a great music. Like every single one of these has great I, music to it. I think this each one, one, each one had songs that fit for it. I thought this one was really effective. It also had the most songs, and yeah. I think the next one. Yeah. Because I get when we get there. I, I mean, I just get real fucking psyched for the for the one main song they played oh like, we might as well get to it because i mean we said everything about this this is a great segment you know but the Lochnar has one more tale to tell the girl before he kills her uh yeah it's tarna uh which is based on was it arzak by mobius <laughs> yeah uh loosely very loosely based yeah uh and again they tried to ape the style like Mainly for the background. Let me guess. Let me guess. For the background, and it looks like shit. Let me guess, Joe. The song you're talking about that gets you pumped is Mob Rules. Oh, 100%. It's one of my favorite Black Sabbath songs that doesn't have Ozzy on it. And also, it's my favorite song on this record. I think it's used. This is the song that's used the best, I think. Yeah. They're all used great, but this one's like, holy shit. But to describe the segment, so the Lochnar ends up falling and crashing on this planet, and it lands in a mountain, uh, turning it into a volcano of evil. Yeah. The glow, the glow, was it the, the green glow? Um, and then all these people make a voyage to see what what it is, and those people are there when, like, the volcano erupts and this green slime, like, overtakes everybody and it turns them into evil, like, orcs. Yeah. And now they're, like, hell-bent on raping, pillaging, killing all these other people. 
Yeah. And that's your setup. And there was a race called the Tarnakians that were extinct because of this. Until all one. All, all one. Which is, it's a, I guess, a race of warrior women. Yes, Tarakians, but her name is Tarna. It's like, wow. I guess they were really trying to keep that name, keep that name close to the race. Um. So yeah. So they. So they call her, and, and she takes forever to show up. I'm like, wow. She's gonna get there, and nobody's gonna be alive. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was pretty much right. Yeah. No. Even Caleb was like, they're all gonna be dead by the time she gets there. Well, like, yeah. She's like, dressing oh. up. Hold on, they're calling me. Gotta I gotta go, first. go five miles the other way to this mountain, going through the underground passage, you know, sit there with my little crow guy, go do this ritual with the, with the statue, grab my sword, and then uh, and then I'm ready to head back towards the town. Maybe take a where shit. They called, where they called me. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it's going. And this, uh... She's uh, probably the first kind of strong woman. She's also the only like, woman that doesn't a grown woman that doesn't have sex in this movie. Yeah, this also is the one, only one where the woman is kind of the main character, mm-hmm. and I she doesn't the, talk. Yeah, she just kicks ass. That's all she does, and I I think she's awesome in this. Yeah, uh, she gets all. I would if she wasn't so fucking slow. Also, like, the, the Tarakian bird or pterodactyl, whatever. I felt so bad for that thing. He's the Wait. best boy. Like, like, the, like the, the, the way, like, it's its voice sounds. I like, hated it. I when hated it attacked, the voice. When it that gets attacked, sound. you're like, oh, God, no. It just sounds like a guy going, <laughs> But then, like, he gets beat, like, beat the shit and, like... You feel bad, like, oh, man. I like the creature. He's, like, doing everything he can. I like the creature. I just didn't like the noise. Like I said, it just sounded like a guy, a grown-ass man making a noise. It didn't sound like a creature. Let me get a hint on how it was made, Scott. (laughs) No, I know that's how it was made, but it shouldn't sound like it. And then she she fights uh, the main orc with, like, the, the razor arm. Badass. That, that was a badass fight scene. Wait, are, are you guys are, are you guys totally neglecting the awesome bar fight? Oh, oh shit! Or she just easily just slices their it's fucking like, heads off. I, well, it's right after the one guy goes. I guess let's see if she'll take us all on, and she kills two of them in one swipe. And I'm like, okay, can yep. we just agree though that like she, her reaction time was so slow that there was no genuine excuse for them to get killed. Like everything she do- she did just felt so like off and like slow that I'm just yeah. like, how did they not fight back? But like, don't get me wrong, badass as fuck. She starts like killing everybody, just decapitating motherfuckers left and right. The cap's got and, to Kate it. And she's all just like, you know, without saying a word, just showing pictures and shit and just like, you know, trying to fit or not pictures, but the uh, medallion that she had. Um and the guy like tells her where to go and which which then leads to the to her well first it leads to her getting captured in a dumbass way but yeah yeah then it leads to this net real quick brb i'm flying a net 
So basically, like she's pretty badly wounded. Her pet is wounded. She's like, fuck it. Let's go attack this Lochnar thing. And then she uses fucking lightning, because lightning just is powering as fuck. And it makes her, like, into this weird energy that she uses to destroy the Lochnar, which destroys the Lochnar, I guess, in all times. Because the Lochnar at the... It's like the, the farmhouse telling the story is starting to fucking freak out. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't get. Like, is he? Why is he telling her the story? Uh, is he telling her the story of what's going to kill him? No, I assumed, I assumed it was like a paradox thing, where it's like he was just going through his like whole like timeline, or something happened with Tarna to where, like, in the original timeline, she just dies, but somehow she doesn't die, and it's like an alternative timeline. Or maybe they were just maybe. really fucking stoned. <laughs> and then, um, the the creature shows up and the little girl like gets on and like turns into Tarna. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a viable like thought that that it's like an alternative timeline. At, at if point. you were if you were stoned while watching this movie, I don't even want to know where your mind went after this. Did it just explode? Like, wait, hold on. Wait, man. Wait. Sit in the corner in the fetal position for a while. I'm just like, I I just need, I just need, I just need. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait. So she's Tarna or what? Uh, what? Yeah. She Tarna into Tarna. Um, so yeah, so, so then she turns into Tarna and the, 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 I forgot the thing's name already. The green thing. Lochnar. Lochnar. Lochnar explodes, and when the Lochnar explodes, the house explodes, and going back to what I said about, like, live oh, yeah. action, you can clearly tell that <laughs> that is just a model, like, a real-life model of a house with a green yeah. light. No clue. I have no clue why they decided to do that. Well, is it cheaper just to blow up a model, or is it cheaper to just animate it? Uh, Actually, at that what? time, That's it was cheaper point. for the model. It's the, the model probably was way cheaper. But then they had to they had to animate it into the actual footage. No, they well, didn't. They superimposed everything. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I meant. The backgrounds with like the lava lamp shit—that's just superimposed. I guess yeah, they just like we ran out of budget. Let's just blow up a model. Yeah, that's much cheaper. This is a nine point three million dollar movie. I mean, it's that's still a lot for. They like, could they could animate it. If they had ten million. No, wait. It wasn't that they ran out of budget. They're like. Dude, we ran out of weed. We need to save some budget money so we can get more weed. Oh, shit, we ran out of film. We rolled the last roll of film in, in doobies. <laughs> we used our film not for filming, but for rolling oh, doobies. doobies. <laughs> uh, so, Scott, what was your favorite segment? I agree with you guys. It was the... Uh... It was the, the aliens with the robot and the space coke and everything. So it was beautiful, so dangerous. Like I said, this one, that story felt like it could have, it could have been the pilot to a really fun adult animated cartoon show, but unfortunately, those didn't happen at that time. But like, I would have loved for it to be a thing. I um, the characters were a lot of fun. I thought the the store, the environment was really good. It was a nice break from everything else that you got and leading up to it. Yeah, I like. I almost think that if they would have made like 
instead of how many segments they had, like, they could have had this one. They could have had, like, either Harry Canyon or Den, and then have, like, Tarna at the end or something. Like, you could have made like... these segments a lot longer and, and, like, develop them a little longer, and I, I think it like... would have been cool. I feel like they could have cut. There's only two segments where I'm like, like I don't hate them, but I just don't like them as much. And that's like Captain Stearns and B17. I feel like you. They were so like story wise, they were one dimensional. Like Harry Canyon a- had stages, like things were happening. Same with Den, and same with Tarna, and same with maybe not this one, maybe not Beautiful and Dead Dangerous, but you can't cut that. But the other two could have probably cut. <laughs> But, it, yeah, well, it's, like, I don't know. Like, for what they were going for, like, you did need, like, a couple-minute, like, palate cleanser ones rather than these longer stories. So yeah. I can see why, like, Stern and B-17 are in there. Yeah. And, and it's not even that they're not quality. Like Oh, no. Yeah, there's, like, a couple other ones that I think could have used either more work or a little more time. Um, like, we could have spent time and, like, fixed the animation for Harry Canyon. Yeah. Something. I, I did not, I wasn't that big on Harry Canyon, if we're going to be real. But I, I didn't like it. It was just, but then again, you know, maybe the animation just threw me off, because I was just so focused on how shitty it looked. Yeah. Oh, I like, was fine with the animation. Well, I'm sorry that you're fine with shit, Wade. I would have started the movie with that, I think. I wouldn't have started it. Or it, it would have been really movie. jarring. It would have been really jarring to put that in the middle. Yeah, that's true. Especially because, wait, how else could you start start off the stories than with, I'm Harry Canyon, and you're driving Canyon. <laughs> yeah, so have you guys seen Heavy Metal 2000? No, I have not. No, uh, this is actually my first time watching Heavy Metal. Really? I, I've only seen Heavy Metal maybe uh, probably ten times. I've ten never seen... Ten times? Yeah, over, over my lifespan, yeah, ten times oh probably. Oh, my God. I've only seen it all the way through one time. The only other time I saw it was with you and Megan that one time, and we talked through most of it. Yeah, I've seen it, like, a couple times. Maybe not ten. Maybe, like, between five and ten. I don't know. Like I've seen it a couple times during my life, but I've never seen Heavy Metal 2000. I heard it's awful. If you can track it down, Wade. According to Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 10%. Yeah, but that's an older movie. That doesn't really mean anything. It's from 2000. Yeah, but Rotten Tomatoes probably still wasn't a thing yet. And it sure as hell wasn't what it is today. It's uh, Kevin Eastman's involved, apparently. Kevin Eastman bought Heavy Metal in the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Turtle Money. Apparently, Billy Idol is a voice. Cool. But yeah, maybe we'll so watch it. Maybe one day we'll watch that. Maybe. 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 I'll, 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 I'll look into availability. Maybe we'll do like a watch along uh, when this whole quarantine is over. I, mean, I, mean, I remember they used to have Heavy Metal and Heavy Metal 2000, like two packs. Oh, yeah, that's true. I only got the regular one, Blu ray, but. Same. <clears throat> Who would put Heavy Metal 2000 on Blu-ray? Yeah. Hey, hey, we don't know that it's not already on Blu-ray. But, uh, but yeah, Kevin Eastman, that was one of the things. Like He ended up buying Heavy Metal, 
I don't remember when. It was it was in either late eighties or early nineties. When when the turtles were like the biggest thing in the world. He had a whole lot of money that he didn't know what to do with. Let's see. Yeah, I'm seeing like on Letterboxd, like the highest review I'm seeing is like two and a half stars. From audience. Oh my god, the DVD of Heavy Metal 2000 is $273. Oh, I, I should have picked up the several copies I saw go through the movie two, stop. Hey, the two-disc set is $80. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Oh, you can watch... Okay. You can watch it on Amazon. You can watch it on iTunes, YouTube. You basically can rent it, pretty much. Voodoo. Now, I came across something that looks like something out of heavy metal called Wizards. Uh, it's not. That's, um... I want to say it's Ralph Bakshi. It is, but I'm saying it looks like something out of heavy metal. I actually have the DVD downstairs. I was going to watch it last night, but I never got around to it. Fuck it. Let's do that movie. Why we'll not? Do we'll do it down the road. Wizards, I'm pretty sure Wizards is like a lot more depressing. Oh, boy. Oh, Fuck it. Sleepy boy. Fuck it. Fire and ice. Oh, Jesus. I didn't like All right. That. They didn't, didn't, fire didn't, and ice? No, no, no. I did not like that movie. Uh, I feel really bad because, like, I am a big, like, Bakshi and, like, Frazetta fan. And, like, that's both of them combined. And the movie's just not good. So, overall... <laughs> Overall, what are your guys' thoughts on the movie Heavy Metal? As a, as a total picture. Um, I liked it. Um, do I think I would have changed some things? Yeah, but like, there's certain segments that I thought were great. Um, and I also, in my mind, I always have to compare it to other uh, movies that I know of came around that time, those animated movies. So, like, I compare it to Fire and Ice, and this is much better than Fire and Ice. Um, I compare it to, uh, you know, some of the, like, even the Lord of the Rings that Bakshi did, and they're kind of on par with each other, I think. So, I, I, I enjoyed it, and, you know, I can't wait to, you know, track down scans of some of the... Um, the stories and read them for reals and see what they're like and compare them. Just know when you read the Harry Canyon story, you got to read it right here. It's not, it's not Harry Canyon. It's like I said, it's, it's long tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it's the long tomorrow by Dan O'Bannon and Mobius. There's no Harry Canyon in it. No, it's just, yeah, both of the Mobius ones. So that and Tarna, they're not nearly the same. As they are in the comics. That's just fun to say. I don't give a fuck. I, uh, <clears throat> I thought it was very good. It was very entertaining. Very fun. Uh, it's not for everyone, I don't think. I don't know what it would be like for, like, I don't know, like, my 14-year-old cousin. I don't know. Uh, cousin. My 14-year-old nephew. I don't know if he would like it, but, you know, like, as you someone... Like oh, yeah. But also, it's like, People can watch boobs on their phone now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that affects, like, that generation. You know, would they be affected by this movie? Like, like I think, like, 
would someone of the new generation of like uh, what was it? What are they called? Gen Z? I think it's called Gen Z. Like, how would they react if they read a Mad magazine? You know what I mean? What they think is is funny, or they'd be like, "This is weird and old." I think it would be the same for heavy metal, but I liked it a lot. I highly recommend heavy metal. Yeah, I really liked it too. I think this is one of those movies that I think everybody should experience at least once. Yeah, like it's weird, but it's not like it's not off-puttingly weird in the sense of it's not really like it's not gonna like it's not. I don't think it's gonna offend anybody in the sense of like make like disturb anybody. It's not disturbing weird. It's just weird. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think you should be of a certain age to watch it for obvious reasons. But I think it, I think it's definitely worth at least one watch, if only just to see what it's about. We should have really got like a fourth person on this on this podcast that was really stoned. Do we know anybody who gets really I, stoned? I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I feel like three sober guys reviewing it. There might be a whole new experience if you're completely stoned. Well, or on I'll, find, I'll find some one of my friends who I'm sure gets really fucking stoned. I'll be like, hey, dude, can you get really stoned and watch this movie and, yeah, and record your thoughts? Uh, let's tweet Ch- Tommy Chong right now. Yeah, Tommy man. Did you see on 420? Yeah, man, I saw that. I actually got the idea for the space cloak in, in the second movie from, from watching this. I was like, hey, man, look at this. They smoking the space or they snorting the space coke, man. We should put that in our movie, man. Maybe that's why he did after seventy show. Huh? Maybe that's why he did after seventy show. Maybe Leo became a consultant for heavy metal in the movie because this oh, came out eighty one. This came out at eighty one. Seventy show ended. So, pretty sure that seventy show ended in the two thousands, Wade. Don't break the illusion. Like, don't break don't break the illusion. KF, KF. Yeah, I'm talking about the storyline, asshole. I said Leo. They did Tommy. do that 80s show, Wade, and that show sucks. Yeah, if I didn't follow the Foremans, oh boy. I don't. Do you really? Here, no offense. I don't even know if following the Foremans would have helped that 80s show. Oh no, 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 definitely not. No, they would have helped that 80s show. Well, luckily it failed, and the guy that was in it ended up being Always Sunny. Well, I'll put it th- like this. That 80s show could have worked if it was like that 70s show in that they didn't like keep remind you try doing things to remind you of the time period it was in. It was a sitcom that was ba- just based in the 70s. It was not predicated on the 70s. Exactly. And that was, well and that was the other thing. Like the show wasn't supposed to be called that 70s show. It's just they did they had a had a title and test audience have called it that 70s show. It's like, fuck it, that's what we're calling it. I did not know that. That's pretty funny. It's fucking brilliant. CBS, very funny. All right. So uh, that is our retro review of Heavy Metal. Uh, let us know what you thought about it, the movie, our thoughts. Tell us how we're wrong. If you are stone, if you watch it stone, tell me what you see. Get, send us a, review, a stone review of Heavy Metal. We greatly appreciate it. And Wade is going to tell you where you can send us that kind of stuff. You can send us that stuff on Facebook.com slash Minkadish Productions or Twitter, Minkadish MCP, or Minkadish Productions. Uh, also, any other, because like, I don't know how long these quarantines are going to be, but even after the quarantines, I like doing retro reviews. 
So make more suggestions from retro reviews we should do. Definitely do that. <clears throat> also, we were we were tagged in it last night, so I might as well bring it up. Uh, the comic book I wrote is finally available digitally on SpinWiz Comics. Nice. Check it out. Um, we'll put a link somewhere, probably in the description of this video. Well, I'll call what your comic is called so they know well, what The Black Raven. The Black Raven. Yeah, so Wade and I have a band called Meteor King. You can uh, find us us and everything on that related to Meteor King. I can't talk right now because now I'm laughing at you recovering. Um, MeteorKing.BandCamp.com. You can find uh, all of our social media links there. You can find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation. It's all there. You can purchase digital copies of our music. You can purchase physical CD copies of our music if you prefer. We also have T-shirts. We got patches. We got pins. Anything there, if you order physical, you're going to get a free Meteor King uh, die-cut pink logo sticker. So physical orders, you're going to get a free sticker. As for shows, as I've been saying, as I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying it until uh, you know we can gain some sense of normalcy here. Um, as of now, I cannot con we can't confirm if any scheduled shows are or are not going to be taking place. If they have not been if they have not been announced as canceled, they still could be canceled or postponed. So stay tuned to all social me matter of social media you use related to Meteor King if you want to keep up to date on that stuff. And uh, we should be having some uh, some new merch up soon. So if you want to support us that way, um, you know. You know, through buying merch in this tr these trying times, you're like, you know what? I want to help a band out. You know, feel free to help us out. Once again, MeteorKing.BandCamp.com. We are also on uh, Spotify and Apple Music as well, so you can hear us there as well. So if you want to kind of try before you buy, and you're not really big on Bandcamp um, as far as like streaming, uh, uh, Spotify and Apple Music, great ways to hear our, hear our stuff. Uh, all of our music is on there as well, both EPs and the full length album. Uh, Lords of the Comet, so you can get your Meteor King fix, you can get a taste of what it's all about, and then if you want to, you know, throw us a bone here and, you know, get some merch, you can do it at MeteorKing.BandCamp.com. Joe, what's up? Uh, we also have a YouTube page where you can go to YouTube.com slash, uh, was it Making Dish Productions? Yes. That's yeah. the rumor. Yeah, I didn't know if you needed the channel or not. Um, just go there. You get all the different videos that we post, like Criterion Connections. Uh, there's old sound checks on there. There's B Movie Den. There's uh, the the shorts that you guys put up, which is also on Vimeo. If you go to Vimeo, it's uh, Vimeo.com/slash/MinCondishProductions as well. Yes, yes. Go there, subscribe, like the videos you like, uh, comment on them, share them with your friends. It's a big help. Nice. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Until then, I am Scott the Bot Savage along with Sweet Weed. I drive a cab. And Harry Canyon. I don't drive a cab anymore. Remind you to keep it Harry. To keep it Canyon. But most importantly, you got to keep it. Keep it Harry. Drive a cab. And I drive.